Good morning. We're glad that y'all are here. Welcome. If you have your copy of God's Word, open it up, turn it on. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. That's in the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 is where we are going to be. And we're going to be looking in verses 1 through 6 and 10 through 11. 1 through 6 and 10 through 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Now we're continuing our series called Wise Man wise words. And of course, Jesus is the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth. But we all know Solomon, too, was an extremely wise man. As a matter of fact, God came to Solomon in a dream and said, hey, listen, what is it that you want? And Solomon could have chosen wealth. He could have chosen fame. But instead, Solomon chose wisdom. And so it's always good to go back and to look and see, hey, uh, you know, what what did one of the wisest men in his experience in life, let's look at his life and see what he experienced. Let's see what he tested in his life and see how that turned out. And maybe we could gleam something from him. Now today, I have some good news. It's going to be short, okay? And I'm going to tell you, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you a cheesy, a, a cheesy joke, okay? going to tell you a cheesy joke, uh, and then uh, I'm going to give you two points, and then we're going to close out, all right? And all God's men said? All right, there we go. So we're going to talk just a little bit today about the difference between happiness and joy. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the difference between happiness and joy. And so kind of here we go today. One morning, uh, it was a Sunday morning. Everyone in this tiny town uh, attended the First Baptist Church of Jonestown, and uh, uh, they show up there for church. And just before service starts, the townspeople come in and they sit down there in their pews with their families. And then all of a sudden, at the altar, poof! Satan appears, and everyone begins screaming. They get up, they start running out all of the exits, trampling over each other, determined to get away from the evil one. Soon, after everyone has evacuated the church, Satan looks there in the pews, and there sits one man. And so Satan is a bit confused, and so he walks up to the man and he says, uh, you're the only one in here. And the man says, yes, I am. He says, don't you know who I am? And the man replies, yep, I sure do. Satan says, well, aren't you afraid of me? And the man says, no, I'm not. And by this time, Satan is a little perturbed, and he said, well, why aren't you afraid of me? And the man responds, well, I've been married to your sister for 25 years. So... <laughs> I'm not scared of you. Phil Robertson, the main character in Duck Dynasty, a lot of us know him, he wrote this book called Happy, Happy, Happy. And that was kind of always his catchphrase. Be like, hey, Phil, how are you doing? He's like, I'm happy, 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 happy. You know, and so he wrote a book simply called Happy, 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 Happy. And there is not a single person in this room that does not want to be happy. Right? Everyone wants to be happy. There is nobody that says, that wakes up in the morning and goes, man, I hope I get depressed today. Nobody says that. Everybody wakes up in the morning and they say, I want to be happy. I desire to be happy. And we all want to be happy. You turn on the television. What are they trying to tell you? Except for the news, okay? 
They're always trying to give you and sell you happiness. Every program that is on TV, hey, it's all about hey, making you happy or making you try to feel fulfilled in some way, shape, or form. Here, buy this product. Do these things. Attend this college. Find this job. And you will be happy. Watch this show and laugh and you will be happy. Not only is it showing us on media and on the internet, but also in all the books that we read. Hey, read this book. You'll find happiness. I'm scared today because churches today now are trying to sell happiness instead of repentance. They're trying to sell happiness instead of of repentance and I'm sure some of you already are thinking about some churches that hey it's you just show up and all they're doing is they're just simply feeding you candy they're just feeding you spiritual candy where you get that sugar rush and you feel so happy when you walk out of church but unfortunately happiness can never be maintained and we see that in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 starting in verse 1 and it says this and this is Solomon talking and he says this I thought in my heart come now I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good but that also proved to be meaningless laughter I said is foolishness and what uh, and what does pleasure accomplish I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. He said, hey, we have a limited time. I want to experience it all. Verse 4. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. If you keep on reading there in verse uh, 7 and 8 and 9 all the way up to 10, you can read about all the other things he experienced. And, and he bought and he sold slaves and he had a harem, you know, and he had all these things, everything that you could want, he had. And then if you look there in verse 10, he says this, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I denied myself nothing. Anything this world had to offer, I took it. I got it. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this is the reward of my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands have done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless in chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Two thoughts from this passage. Number one, an appetite satisfied by happiness is never full. An appetite satisfied by happiness is never full. If you look there in verse 1, it says, I thought in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure and find out what is good. 
but that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is foolishness. What does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with with wisdom. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. When I first read this, I immediately thought about eating Chinese food. <laughs> because when you eat Chinese food, you sit down and you eat it, and when you're done eating, you're full. But what happens 30 minutes later? You're hungry, right? You're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. I could use something to eat. Happiness, happiness is a lot like that. You sit down and you take in happiness, but guess what? It fills you up for a second, but then after, it, it doesn't take very long. Then all of a sudden you're needing something else. Happiness correlates to a happening. Happiness is gained for only moments, and people jump. From one happy moment to the next happy moment. In a nutshell, people try to jump from one mountaintop experience to the next mountaintop experience, hoping that they don't fall into the valley. I just want to go from this mountaintop to that mountaintop to that mountaintop. That's what I want my life to be like. And when you look at Solomon in his life, that was his life. He went from one mountaintop to another mountaintop, his feet never touching the valley. Notice there in that verse, Solomon said, He pursued pleasures of life, my mind still guiding me in wisdom. Meaning that he did not allow the pleasures to overtake them or consume them. He did not become addicted nor lose his sense of mind. Rather, he pursued them with a clear and an objective mind. In other words, he said, I, I really want to see, does this, does this bring me joy? In other words, is this fulfilling? Matthew Henry said this, that which he aimed, talking about Solomon, that's what, that which he aimed at was not to gratify his appetite, but to find out man's happiness. And this, because it pretended to be so, must be tried among the rest. Happy is defined by this, by Webster's Dictionary, delighted pleased or glad over a particular thing. Delighted, pleased, or glad over a particular thing. And you look there in verse 10, he says this, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Back in the 90s, there was this television show on VH1 called Behind the Scenes. Y'all remember that show? Anybody watch that show? Am I the only guy? Okay, thank you. I'm the only guy that watched that show. You and me. Okay, we can sit down. We can watch old reruns of that. But um, anyway, they were doing a, a show, and a lot of the shows are all the same, pretty much. And, and, but uh, they did a show on my favorite band, or one of my favorite bands, and that is Guns N' Roses. Okay? Y'all know that I like, you know, classic rock music, and then I also like 80s hair bands, and Guns N' Roses... Uh, they did a, an episode on Guns N' Roses. How many of y'all have heard of Guns N' Roses? All right, thank you very much. Okay. And so they did this show on Guns N' Roses, 
And if you don't know anything about them, they started in Hollywood, actually, back in 1982 with the guitarist Slash and a drummer. They found Axl Rose in 1984, and that's when kind of the legend really began of Guns N' Roses. A friend said this about the band. He said, for Guns N' Roses, it was all about two things, rock and roll and partying. In 1986, they signed with Geffen Records, and in July of 1987, their first album uh, was released called Appetite for Destruction, and they had songs on there like, anybody know? Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, you know, take me down to the Paradise City where the grass is. Are y'all with me on this? Y'all, okay? Some of you are like, no, a lot of you might, yeah, you're with me, okay? All right, Oh Sweet Child of Mine. All right, great song. All right, I love that riff, okay, it's great. Yeah, I'll sing it for you afterwards, but not during, okay? <laughs> Thank you. When they went on their tour in August of 1987, Slash, the guitarist, said this, we were a bunch of crazy kids that had just been given the key to every city in the world. We were a bunch of crazy kids that had just been given the key to every city in the world. And they made it. And they had it all. And they had a multi-record deal. They uh, had anything that they wanted at their fingertips. And yet, in the 90s, the band split up. Now you can go down the list of a lot of other bands and musicians and you can see their rise and then you can see their fall and they all have the same story. Hey listen, we got popular, we got successful, we had money, we had it all we could do, whatever it is that we wanted to do. But at the end it all went away and at the end of it all, it just wasn't all that fulfilling. It just wasn't all that fulfilling. No amount of happiness or achievement is going to bring you total satisfaction. No amount of happiness is going to bring you joy. No amount of achievement is going to bring you a lasting Joy. A.W. Tozer said this, God may allow his servant to succeed when he has disciplined him to a point where he does not need to succeed to be happy. The man who is elated by success and is cast down by failure is still a carnal man. At his uh, best, his fruit will have a worm in it. At his best. His fruit will have his worm in it. Happiness is fleeting. It is a selling point. David references this in Psalms, that food and beverage are good, but there is still only great joy found in God. Psalm 4, 6-7, through 7, many are asking, Who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. David says, hey, listen, 
it's great that you guys have all of this stuff, but God, it is, I find joy rather in you. Proverbs 15, 13, a happy heart makes a face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. We know that in Galatians 6, it says uh, this, that the fruits of the spirit and the first two fruits are love. And then what's the second one? Joy. Love and joy. Nowhere in the fruits of the Spirit is listed happiness. But joy is listed. So if happiness does not fulfill us, then what about joy? And this is the second thought. And that's this. is Joy is found in a relationship. Joy is found in a relationship. There in verse 11 it says this. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, And what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. In this passage in verse 11, it is communicating all of Solomon's work, all of his toil. And while accumulating all of these possessions and all of this stuff, he looks back at his life and all of his accomplishments and he says... My heart is empty. It didn't quite satisfy. Verse 11, everything is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing is gained under the sun. Our achievements, no matter how great, will still leave us wanting. They will still fade away. Happiness, if you remember, we defined that earlier as delighted, pleased, or glad over a particular thing. Joy, on the other hand, has a much different meaning. And joy is defined as this, a source or cause of keen pleasure or delight. A source or cause. Joy is a cause. Joy is produced from a cause or from a source. Let me give you a few examples of that. In marriage, you will always have good times and then you will have bad times. There are some happy times and there are some sad times. However, despite the situations and the trials and the accomplishments that you and your spouse go through, despite the situation, the source of joy in a marriage is found in the relationship with each other, not in the situation you both face. Joy is found in the relationship with each other. Here's another example. uh, You might be experiencing a troubling time, Maybe a death of a family member. It could be uh, some stuff going on at the office. Could be family issues. And then there's that friend that walks through the door that gives you a call. And you pick up the phone. And all of a sudden there is joy in your heart. Just to hear their voice on the other end. You say, it's so great to hear from you. And I'm so glad that you called. 
I hear people all the time, more times than not, and it's scary, that say, well, you know, we thought we'd have a kid because they would make us happy. How many of y'all have kids? Okay, I'm here to tell you, kids do not make you happy. All right? They do not make you happy. Can I get an amen? All right? I'm telling you, changing poopy diapers do not make me happy. All right? Let me tell you right now, okay? My daughter at 11 o'clock today is going to the DMV to get her permit. Do you think I'm happy about that? No! That causes more angst, more worry, more frustration. Daddy is not happy, okay? Yesterday, last night, I dropped my son off at his papa's house out in East Texas. We get out of the truck, papa walks out the door, first words out of papa's mouth. Well, son, you ready to blow some stuff up this weekend? As a father, that concerns me because I'm going to show up like on Friday and my son's going to run out the door and be like, hey, dad, how are you? You know, man, kids worry me. My kids worry me. Other people's kids, they worry me. You got to change their diapers. You tell them to clean their room and they don't. The teenage years, those are not happy years. Those are stressful years. But guess what? Children bring so much joy, do they not? Why? Because it is not what they do, but rather it is who they are. They're my children. We had Father's Day a few weeks ago. How many of y'all really wanted your kids to get you something? Like, you sat there and said, boy, I really hope my kids get me this power tool I've wanted. No. What did you want? You wanted a card? And you didn't want some store-bought card. Make me something handmade. I want your kids might live out of town. You wanted a phone call, didn't you? My kids asked me, they said, Dad, what do you want? And I said, Man, I just want us to go out and I want us to have a good meal together. I just want us to hang out as a family. You know why? Because it's about a relationship. It's about a relationship. And no matter what my children do, I will always love them. And I will always desire them to come home. And I will always want to be able to sit down and to talk and to communicate to them and to have a relationship with them. And that is the joy. That is the joy of children. It is not in what they do or the accomplishments that they make. Gentlemen, it is the fact that at Christmas and Thanksgiving they come home. And not only that they come home, but they want to come home. Right? It's the joy of having them there just living with you. We see this when Paul writes to other Christians in Romans chapter 16, verse 19. He says this, Everyone has heard about your, obedi your obedience. I am so full of joy over you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. What does he say? He says, hey, listen, I hear what you've done, and I'm excited, but guess what? I'm just, I'm full of joy. Why? Because I have a relationship with you. 
And it's so good to hear about all the things that you're doing, but man, I'm just so full of joy over you. 2 Corinthians 7, 4, I have great confidence in you, and I take pride in you, and I am greatly encouraged in all your troubles. My joy knows no bounds. He says, hey, listen, you're doing a great job, and hey, you're going to experience trouble. You're going to experience trial. You're going to experience tribulation, and happiness is going to come, and it's going to go. But the joy is consistent. In all of our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. First Thessalonians 2.20, Indeed, you are our glory and joy. When you look in First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Paul constantly references this. It's like, hey, here are some relationships that I have with some people, and this, I'm so excited to hear from you. I'm so excited to write from you. I'm so excited to hear about all the stories that have been going on. Why? Because I have a relationship with you, and it fills me with such joy. If you want an everlasting joy that will never go away, then you need an everlasting relationship. And a lot of Christians know Christ, but there is no relationship with Him. In other words, they have Jesus as fire insurance, but they don't really know and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is where they miss out on the joy. That is where they miss out on the joy. Sam Storm said this, Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. In John 15, 8-11, it says this, This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, I will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in His love. Then look at this. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What is Jesus describing there? When He is talking about, hey, you're going to bear much fruit, and hey, my love is in you, and your love is in me. What is Jesus really talking He's talking about a relationship. He is talking about a relationship. In 1 Peter 1, 8, it says this, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For a lot of us here, how many of you have seen Jesus? Nobody. But I guarantee you, we open up the Word of God. We open up the Bible. We begin to read. We begin to pray. We listen to worship music instead of Guns N' Roses in the car, man. Our relationship with God is going to grow. And as that relationship grows, our joy begins to grow. I like what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says. It says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him, okay, get this, for the joy set before Him endured the cross, 
scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. That phrase right there, who for the joy set before him. Why did Jesus come and do what he did on the cross? Why did he put on the flesh of men, walk among us, become falsely accused, ridiculed, scourged, hung on a cross in shame, and died? Why did he do that? What was the point? The point was so that we could have a relationship with God. That's the point. And so what was the joy that Christ was looking forward to? Christ was not looking, for the, was not looking forward to bearing the sins of the world, but He was looking forward to the end game. The relationship is going to be reestablished. That's what He was looking for. The relationship is going to be reestablished with my Heavenly Father. You get to have a relationship not only here on earth but also in eternity with Jesus Christ. Joy is found in a relationship. So how do you get your joy back? It's not complicated. I don't have seven steps on how to get your joy back. It's real simple. Have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's simple. Start getting in God's Word. Begin to pray. Start fellowshipping with other Christians. Get involved in serving and obeying what Jesus had command, has commanded us to do. Begin to know your Savior. And I'm not talking like just, ah, I know Jesus, but rather begin to truly know who Jesus Christ really and truly is and who we come here on Sunday morning and worship. Begin to truly get to know our Savior. And an everlasting joy will come upon you. Happiness is found in a happening. Joy is found in a relationship. And eternal joy is found in a relationship with an eternal God. And His name is Jesus Christ. Being with Him and spending time with Him. I want to encourage you, if you are a Christian today, and you are trying to jump from mountaintop to mountaintop, listen to our friend Solomon and his wise words. It will all be for naught. You're going to waste a whole lot of time, and at the end of the day and at the end of the, your life, you're going to look back and you're going to feel empty. But rather instead, focus on joy. And focus on building that relationship that you have with Christ. And trust me, Christ took the first step. Christ took the first step. But God demonstrated His own love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, God took the first step to the relationship. He desires to have a relationship with you here on earth and also in eternity. So I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, Scripture says today is the day of salvation. If you don't know how to get to heaven, and, and if you want to have a joy here on earth, then I want to encourage you immediately after this, our time here today,
please come talk to me or Sloan's or Frazier. We'd love to talk to you about knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're a Christian and you're struggling and you're saying, man, I just, I'm just not happy, I'm going to tell you, don't worry about happiness. Rather, focus on joy. And where is that joy found? It is found in Jesus Christ Himself. Focus on that relationship. Focus on that relationship. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we could come here today and open up your word. And Father, thank you that we don't have to jump from mountaintop to mountaintop to try and experience happiness. But Father, we know that we can find true joy in a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, thank you that you desire to have a relationship with us, that you desire to love us and that you desire to be with us. And thank you that, that you love us. And so, Father, I just ask that as we go our separate ways, that, Father, we would not focus on the situation or the happening, but rather we would focus on our relationship with you and that we would not try to gain accolades or accomplishments, but Father, we would only try to honor and please you in the things that we say, in the things that we do. And God, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's men said, amen, amen and amen. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great day.